to Teachers Talk Film, episode number 25. This is our Malik Beasley, Barry Bonds episode. I am not Malik Beasley or Barry Bonds. I am Mitchell Maine, here with my great friend Pete Ray. Um, two film teachers, two English teachers, talking some film today. Pete, how are you doing? I'm good. I think maybe... Is this a recurring theme now that every episode we just we name a uh, a sports player's number? Because I, like I mean, it. I did I did for Kobe last time, twenty six. <laughs> not a very popular number, but we'll figure it out. Clinton Portis, you can't take that now though. Wow, that was a that was yeah. a deep hole. Yeah, yesterday or last week, you were like, um, "Welcome back, Teachers Talk Film, Episode twenty four, Kobe Bryant." I am not Kobe Bryant. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I kind of sound like him. So I had to make look it look a lot like him too. A lot of the yeah. same habits, mentality. Yeah. Yeah. In the gym, three in the morning, working on my game. Um, yeah. You know, we're like, we give Kobe a lot of love on this podcast, and I love it. He deserves I think, it. I think it's clear we, we missed him. We yeah. miss him. Rest in peace, Kobe. Um, especially because I don't know how you were with Kobe, but I like hated Kobe growing up. And then his last like four seasons, it was like, okay, I respect you now. I respect you. And I like you. Yeah. I hated him when he was a threat to the nuggets, which was like pretty much every year of my young childhood existence. You just literally took us out of the finals one year. I think it was the 2000. 11 or 12 it's when it, we were the thuggets Kenyon martin jr smith carmelo ai and lennis claza i think was on that team what a squad yeah they were they were studly man but the thuggets is the best way to describe them um, got to be one of the best nicknames in sports it's just so fitting you were talking yeah. about how you're you're always in the gym TTF Nation knows you're not getting shots up at 4 a.m. Um, what have you been up to? Um, you know, work. Work is what I've been up to. Going to school, coming home, trying to find the energy to make a meal instead of uh, scrounge yeah. around in the kitchen for scraps of food and trying to fit a movie in every once in a while. But that's pretty much it, just surviving. You? Yeah. Same. You're already in survival mode. We yeah. How messed up is that? Yeah. I mean, it shows you care though, because you're trying. Yeah. Feels feels better this week. It's only Tuesday, but I feel more more up on things, more ready to go. Yeah. We'll wait till Friday and reevaluate. Yeah. Where you're at. <laughs> yeah. Um, um. Do you have an update for us on the toilet? How's the toilet? situation well, it's going good dude yeah good flush um i had to fix it again because it broke again but i fixed it and i think it's solid for sure this time all right yeah yeah i'm glad thank you for caring about toilets hey if there's anything in life that people need to care about it's the toilet and that's why they come each week to hear the toilet talk <laughs> um they don't come for toilet talk they come for film talk I, I'm, I don't know how this episode's going to go. Um, I say that every week, I feel like, but this one, I feel like it could go in so many different ways. And I have a feeling we'll probably touch on a lot of the ways in which we can interpret this. 
we watched On the Count of Three this week. Um, it's the new Gerard Carmichael 2022 released film. Um, indie release released in limited theaters and then came out to Hulu about a week and a half or, or a week and a half ago or so. Um, so we're going to unpack that. Due to the nature of the content in the story, um, we might get into some heavy topics, right? Just dealing with the nature. And so um, just a preface to the viewers, there, there will be some talk of, you know, suicide, things like that, death. Um, so just a forewarning, um, that is something on the agenda for today that might be addressed but we're going to break the ice a little bit. And I have a series of one, two, four questions. Rapid fire. I just wrote these because I didn't want to give you time to think about them purposefully. And I just came up with them because I didn't have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're all related to our film in one way, shape or form. Um, are you ready? I'm ready. You get like three seconds to answer. That's it. Let's let's say let I want to make it like timely. Right, right. Okay. I'll give I'll, I'll give you some are easy, some are hard. Let's six seconds. That's all you're getting. Okay. This is off the top of the head, too. I, yeah. I looked at one of the questions, the other ones I didn't really. Yeah. Yeah. So um you're robbing a gas station and you can take anything except money. What are you taking and why? I'm going candy bars for sure. Okay. Specific. Like, you can't you can't count me. You can't count me. Oh, geez, geez. Put the pressure on. Okay, fast. Um, I'm going to whatchamacallit, because that's what I get when I go to gas stations. Um, I'm getting the Mountain Dew. I'm getting as many lottery tickets as I can grab. I'm getting salt and vinegar chips and um a gas station like uh memorabilia. Like a hat or like a, a cowboy sweatshirt. hat or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even better. Even yeah. better. Some gas station sunglasses. That's oh. what I'm going for. Like with the dino dinosaur gas station mascot on it. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna get your blade sunglasses. Oh, dude, those blade sunglasses. <laughs> if only I could wear those like Wesley Snipes, my yeah. idol. Yeah. We already said you look like Kobe. You can't look like Kobe and Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Yeah, all right. What are you what are you doing? Are oh, you oh, so you're throwing it back at me. Um well, yeah, what you think this is just I'm answering these. Yeah, I was putting you in the hot seat, but you're putting it back on me. That's okay. Yeah, of course. That's what we do here. I'm stealing the the Slurpee machine, if that's yeah. physically possible. You know me. I'm I'm take I like ICs. I'm taking the yeah. Slurpee machine. Um I'm grabbing all of the Chex Mix of all flavors, emphasizing the original, though. Um, I'm specific. I'm strategic there. And I like the lotto ticket idea. All right. I think that's it. I mean, when you rob a gas station, like, you don't have a lot of time. So you yeah, have, like, a grocery list. Like, you're going to have to know exactly where everything is and be quick with it. I can do that though. See, I'm I just can. going to the back, taking the IC machine, grabbing my checks, mixing them out. <laughs> I, you know, you're you're criticizing my strategy. You're going to carry an entire ice machine out of a gas station. 
I'll have my yellow Jeep Grand Cherokee there to drive it away. Uh, here's a question for you. Do you okay. think you and I, we plan it out for like a month. You, do you think we could get away with robbing a bank? Uh, we're speaking well, allegedly here. Yeah, we're pretty smart guys. Um, we got an entire month to plan. We have the entire so. month of June. I think so. I think so too. I think it'd be easy, honestly. Especially with like the world of, of like COVID or something. Like we could easily like pull in some pandemic protocol that would play to our favor. Yeah. I don't know what that would be yet, but like I, I've watched enough heist movies, like bank robbing movies. I've seen the town. I know how to do it now. <laughs> I could do it. And all you need, this is the biggest lesson in all those, all you need is somebody to not go crazy and shoot a cop. Yeah. Well, so are you be that guy? I'm taking the money and I'm running. Okay, so we're good. We're in the clear. Yeah. We could do this. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. This is a family-friendly podcast. Yeah, we don't yeah. we don't promote robberies. Unless you're yeah, taking IC machines and checks mix. We're stealing the money for our families, family friendly. That's right. And for our classrooms. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Who could take us down for buying pencils? Right. This is for paper. <laughs> um, X-ray, you have yes. one last meaningful day of life. What are you doing with it? I'm waking up in a normal time. Uh, I'm going out to eat. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to geez that's all i really want to do in life is wake up <laughs> wake up and eat <laughs> wake up and no go out to eat i want somebody to make the food for me and then i want to watch there will be blood one last time and then i think that'll do it for me that's it out of anything in the world like the world is your oyster for a day well, is this like any day? Do I get to pick the day? Like this is your last day of life is what I'm saying. Yeah, I understand that. But is it like, could I have the option to go to an Ohio State football game? Yes, of course. Okay, well then, yeah, I'd like that to be my last day for sure. That's what you're doing on your last day? Yeah, and they score. I'm going to the Ohio State-Michigan uh, game, and Ohio State throws a game-winning touchdown to win as the clock goes out, and I die right then. That's the last <laughs> thing I see, and then I'm out. That's your. That's you entering Nirvana. Yep, I'm, <laughs> out, I'm out right after that. That would be the the best end to my life ever. That's sad, man. No, it's yeah. not. It's the most <laughs> joyous occasion I could ever ask for. Interesting. Well, let's let's hear yours since. Uh, my last day, you just you just crapped on my last day on this earth. Yeah, I did. Um, I'm waking up. I'm running a marathon. <laughs> no uh, way. <laughs> like, regardless if I'm like fat man jogging it halfway or whatever, like I'm doing it the, all the way through. So I yeah. can say I did it. Well, okay, but can I interrupt? Yeah, I'm sorry. Interject, interject. Well, like you said. The only reason you're doing the marathon is to say you did it. If it's your last day, you don't even get to like hold that over people for years. This is intrinsic motivation, dog. (laughs) (laughs) 
we teach kids to be motivated intrinsically that this is for me this is for no one else okay okay yeah so this is for me i might just wake up one day and try to do it at some point i did that with a half marathon this summer and it was it was bad i did it it wasn't it wasn't good um i would do that i would come home i would get showered i would have somebody make just all the food for me like Mm -hmm. you said um and you know what i would like to go to like a sold out festival and like i would like to be on stage with nas singing made you look and everybody's just rapping it too and like i'm leading the charge all right you've heard that song right of course of course i believe it was even on an nba 2k soundtrack which is where i heard it first um yeah that that image in my mind of you up on stage singing that song with nas is that'd be a great last day yeah that'd be perfect and then I tweeted at him because um, I went to X Games Aspen in college and he was performing. I yeah. tweeted at him. I was like, please let me get on stage and um, rap made you look with you. And do you hear anything back? No. <laughs> Maybe one day. I was in the crowd, though, just, you know, rapping it. There's actually a video yeah. of it somewhere. I think it's on my Instagram. I'm sure he saw you. I'm sure he made eye contact. He was like, wait, that's that kid that uh, tweeted at me. I forgot to tweet back at him. Dang it. Is that Mitchell underscore main right there? (laughs) (laughs) Get on up here. Uh, Speaking of music, last meaningful day of life. What is the soundtrack for the day? You can dabble with a few songs here. This is a hard question. So obviously Kanye West is in there. I would honestly be okay if that was just it. That was just it. Just the Kanye shuffle. Yeah. Um, we could go, this is kind of dark, but a little Johnny Cash, like mm. when the man comes around, mm. like that that's, song's kind of about dying, yeah. everyone dying. So that'd be kind of cool because uh, I could feel like it was about me. Um, that's what I got right now. Kanye oh. West and Johnny Cash song. Okay. An LCD sound system, dance yourself clean. I don't think I've heard of that. Oh my goodness, my friend. When we get off this podcast, you need to listen to it. <laughs> at, at th- it is one of the greatest songs of all time. You're just, it's like for three minutes, it's just the most boring what is going on in this song. And then the three minute mark hits and you just, I don't know you would turn into a different person. It's impossible not to. I'm gonna get this copyright strike. Yeah, barely. It's kind of weird. I've never heard that. Dude. I've heard to, of this band, I'm pretty sure. Last day of life. That'd be quite the song to go out with. Okay, so as the as they catch the touchdown in the end zone. The drop of Dance Yourself Clean starts. I hear the first 10 seconds of it. I'm out. Done. Hmm. This is your story, man. I'm, I, I'm No comment. No comment. Dude, when we do this stuff, it's like <laughs> off the top of my head. I worry about myself, kind of. You're, you're going to. 
states to come from. <laughs> you're going to like, yeah, after this, you're going to be eating your frozen pizza because we all know you're not going to make yourself dinner. Um, and just be thinking of all these different songs, these opportunities that you could have had. Yeah, well, if if I had, if you came, if you said your 10 songs for the end of the world, I'd have a killer list, a killer list. But off the top of the head, this is, this is what I've got. We like off the top of the head. Yeah. Um, I'm playing Jay Dilla. Yeah. I'm playing. MF Doom, I should have said MF Doom. I'm yeah. playing um, Flying Lotuses, Fall in Love, Instrumental Remake. Okay. Can't find it anywhere, but I think that instrumental will just be in my head the whole time as I'm running the marathon slash walking slash crawling. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's great. You, yeah, put it on your um, it's just a for lack of a better term, vibey beat, and it's mm. um, a remix of the Fall in Love beat by Jay Dilla, Slum Village. Um, I don't have to it. check it out, yeah. never heard of it. Yeah, I'm just giving you free knowledge here right now. Free knowledge. And the audience, and the audience. Check it out. Let us know Check what you out. think. Yep. Um, last one. I should have scaffolded these better because this one's kind of sucks. Favorite flavor, dum dum. All of these are at your last day on earth. <laughs> And we've got your favorite dum dum sucker. Yeah, wow. Let me hear it. This is what people want to know. Um, either watermelon or strawberry, either one. Hmm. And I I it's not my favorite, but I can't um I have to respect cotton candy. Do you respect blueberry? No, I don't. What are you serious? If you're gonna use a blue color and have a dum dum, it's gotta be cotton candy. Dude, blueberry is objectively the best dum dum flavor. I would strongly have to disagree with you. Hmm. I'm glad we did that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's get into this movie. This is on the count of three. All these things will be addressed in the film, I'm sure. This is a movie synopsis goes as follows. Gerard Carmichael makes his directorial debut and stars in On the Count of Three, a darkly comic feature about two best friends, Val, played by Gerard Carmichael, and Kevin, played by Christopher Abbott, detailing the last day of their lives. Like I said, indie film. I love Gerard Carmichael. Um, I heard him talk about this film on the armchair podcast with Dak Shepard and I knew this was one that I had to check out um start us off where do you want to where do you want to lead us here I actually want to throw it back to you I want I want you to start us here because it, it just feels right usually sometimes I have like something big I want to say at the beginning I got a bunch of little things so I want to I want you to start okay this is a movie where I feel like it is like a bunch of little things yeah you know what i mean like little nuggets placed throughout um one of those that like the um I, what's that saying that i'm gonna sound really stupid because i can't remember it the sum of its parts is what's the, what's the rest of that phrase this is great podcasting <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but like I don't know you know what i mean the sum of its parts all of the parts put together make it great make the whole yeah, make it whole. I don't know. I don't know, man. 
All right. Well, we'll get there. Um, one of the parts I love about this movie is all the juxtaposition. Like it kind of touches on like the concept of contrapuntal sound um, that you mentioned in the Grand Budapest Hotel episode. But like when we see Gerard Val is the character's name and he's in the bathroom stall at his work. Oh, my right, God. Right at the beginning. Oh, man. I mean, we can talk camera angles all day long, but like he takes off his belt and he hooks it on the coat rack and he begins to hang himself. And the coworker comes in and he starts going to the bathroom and he's just singing a song. And like, I don't remember the melody, but he's like, hey, I'm going to be all right kind of thing. And like he's singing it very like melodically in a way that's pleasant. And then like in the bathroom, Val is literally attempting to take his own life. And like you can see like him like taking gasps of breath through like the, the little air holes that he gets, the small chances. And like on the outside, it's all pleasant. But then literally when we see him, he's like literally going through it. He's trying to kill himself Um just the juxtaposition of the sound there, the singing in contrast to what is happening within the stall. I mean, just genius, genius. I I think it's also the juxtaposition of the feelings you have as, as the audience, because yeah, like when he takes his belt off, it's like, okay, this is getting serious. When, when, yeah, the coworker guy walks in and is just singing and going to the bathroom like that. Um, I thought it was one of the funniest scenes of the entire movie. Like, I don't know if that makes me messed up, but I, I was laughing out loud at just like the juxtaposition is hilarious. Like you have him, yeah, struggling to survive. And then this guy is just out there having a great time going <laughs> to the bathroom. Um, so, and that, that's a, that would be a big thing for this movie is I did think it did a great job of, it goes back to that juxtaposition. It's, dark but it is pretty funny um throughout the movie do you feel bad laughing in some of these parts um i don't you don't know if you're messed up or not it's um, interesting to think about it it is i I mean it is like when you introduced it on the last podcast when you picked it and you called it a dark comedy that that gives me like i feel like okay i can i can laugh at this movie it is messed up but so, yeah, I mean, it feels weird when someone is, yeah, trying to kill themselves and you're laughing, but I feel like you're supposed to, at least in that moment, because it's just so ridiculous. I agree. It's, would it change your perspective if it wasn't labeled dark comedy and just drama? Hmm. And they added those little humorous nuggets in there? I know yeah, I wonder... can't answer that, but... Yeah, I mean, that's something I feel like we talk about as teachers is like how you approach something to kids is how they're going to approach it themselves. Right. So, yeah, maybe if you would have just said this is a drama about two guys trying to kill themselves, I wouldn't have. No, I think I would have laughed. That scene is funny. It is funny. It is funny. I didn't laugh at that scene. Um, but I did laugh at another scene where there's a lot of juxtaposition um, when Val and Kevin are going to Val's dad's shop and they get into the fight and like you're on the outside 
looking into the room and there's that talking fish. The fish. Yeah, the fish is just going off and they're just beating the crud out of each other. <laughs> in the back, it's that was hilarious to me. I thought it was funny too. Um, like the Kevin character, I think he's hilarious throughout the whole thing. I'll definitely talk about him more, but he's like apologizing for uh hitting him with a tire iron. And, um, like that, that scene is pretty funny too. I love that when they're walking out too, and um, Val goes, Hey man, thanks for hitting my dad over the head with the tire iron back there earlier. Uh, you're a good friend. <laughs> yes, I think I wrote that one down too because yeah, it's just so so funny. Um, yeah, the talking about juxtaposition. Still, I feel like one of the strongest points of this was the characters just as a whole. Like it's it's super character driven. I felt like because the plot's kind of like just crazy and all over the place. The juxtaposition of those two characters is like fantastic as well because you got kevin who is just like kind of off the rails crazy it's his idea to go kill the guy um and then you got val who's just like taking the idea of killing himself is just like i've just had enough i'm done with this this is a rational decision for me and this is this is how it's gonna go so seeing those two and how they dealt with what they were dealing with i felt was really good too because we got two perspectives and I thought that was um, really illustrated well in the opening scene when they're about to do it for the first time. Um, Kevin is in front of the the wall of the strip club and it's very poppy and pink and it has like the girls in the back. And then Good on point. the other side, <clears throat> it's Val and like it's just the bleak forest behind him. Yeah. And so I was like, I think. I think there's a reason that Val is standing on that side and Kevin's on the other side because it was sort of representative of their personalities at that time. And it further than juxtaposes, you know, the whole situation because Kevin wasn't up to it at that point. Val was and just kind of shows the dynamic between the two of them through that visual. That's fantastic i never even thought of that i even wrote down like i love the opening shot just that close-up of kevin's face we've just got him dude it's so awesome we've got the pink behind him um and then this just popped into my head while you were talking that even their like clothes kevin's wearing that like yellow blue red coat like it's super um colorful and vibrant and then val is wearing the entire movie right he's just wearing his work get up which is like a green jumpsuit um, hard so that, yeah that that shows who they are too talk a little bit well let me ask you this who do you think stole the show because you said it's based on two characters and they both develop and it it is kind of weird too the juxtaposition with them like they switch perspectives basically from beginning to end like they both like we could say val progresses and kevin digresses um spoilers obviously but do you think one person led the performance more than others or how did it go for you so yeah specifically talking about acting um kevin's actor christopher abbott i think he stole it for me um thinking about it now i just i think maybe he's got it easier because he is like the the vocal out out loud guy so 
I don't know. I just always feel like that's easier for people to notice. Um, but no, for me, anytime he was on screen, I, yeah, he stole the show for me. Like I was like more keyed in and just thought that he was, I thought he did a great job. That first therapy scene that he's in where it's just him and that therapist across from him. He, he does such a good job of like you. He's like, okay, I'm normal. I'm normal. I'm normal. I'm going to be okay. Dude, when he snaps, it is, it is fantastic. It is so good. Um, And yeah, it just sets him up so well as who he is. Dude. How about the scene where he's, he has Val's car while Val's trying to reconcile with his girl and he's drinking the whiskey and Papa Roach last resorts playing. And it's just zooming in on his face, dude. And he's just driving recklessly and you can only see his face really. And just going through it, dude, like in his eyes, it's just black. Yeah. And him just belting out that song as loud as he can. Like you said, driving, drinking the whiskey. It is, it is a fantastic moment. And yeah, I think I think he kills it. He kills it. He kills it. We go from that where he's like kind of at his lowest to where when he fires when he fires that gun for the first time and he's putting the peace sign up as he's firing <laughs> it in the, the gun range. And then there was I, I wrote down a line. He's like, again, he's talking about the guns and he's like, why is it America like the happiest place in the world? Yeah. Like shooting a gun is awesome. So the fact that he could do both those things, go to like, he's about to cry screaming Papa Roach to like the funniest character in the movie is, it was just, it was awesome to watch. Yeah. He says, um, like, forget Zolos, just give everybody a gun in America. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Such a great line. Yeah. I love that too. Right after they're, uh, they rob in air quotes, the gas station. And yes. Kevin is walking out and like he sees the old people and he's like, don't worry, I'm allowed to bear this arm for some weird reason. <laughs> he says, read your constitution. <laughs> That's going to help them get over it. I love how too, they're just like, they're robbing for the gauzes. I'm like, you want anything else? Like, Give me a pack of blues. Yeah. Some nutter butters. <laughs> yeah they're just coming they're they're doing what we just did they're coming up with it on the spot right. and the the look that the gas station guy gives him when he's he like puts the money on the counter he's like i'm not trying to rob you like just trying to to get your attention was was all i needed i'm not trying to not trying to kill you <laughs> it's very uh like the friendship is very like how do i say it like playful in some areas like it seems like you're just like watching like two adults who hadn't passed seventh grade hang out for a day but then it also has some heart did you feel like there was an equal balance between the humor and the heart here because I mean I think that's something that really gripped with me too just the personal elements the connections that they had I thought was authentic and it felt real yeah so just looking through my notes I was like looking at the perfect thing that you just mentioned because there was that moment they're just sitting in the jeep i think and kevin like looks at val and he's like hey do you remember when i was like in i don't know he says some greater when they were younger and he was like and things were really rough for me and you would just do something stupid like try and race me on your bike or something like that he's like 
he says, thanks for trying to turn things around for me. Like that was super serious. And I loved it because like you get their relationship that like even way back in the past, they were open with each other about like that Kevin had a terrible life and like Val did too. Like you see mm-hmm. slowly throughout it that they were like, they had someone to go through these things with, which was awesome. And then literally right after that, like serious line, um, I think Val's like, cause he says, thanks for trying to turn things around for me. And Val's like, yeah, well it didn't work. And then they're laughing cause they're, they're both still like going through a terrible times. So yeah, I thought it did a really good job of balancing out. Like you said, it's juxtaposing those two things, the serious and the the funny. Right. I think that's the strong point of the movie, just all of those juxtapositions. I think the heart stands out with me the most, too. I don't think it's necessarily like things that I can quote, but just rather like the way I feel when I'm watching it, like when I'm watching them in the car and like just you can see the looks on their faces like it's really just them. Like they don't have anybody else. They don't interact with anybody in a meaningful way outside of each other. Really? Yeah. Like if we think about the longest conversation they have, it's with um, probably the lady at the hospital and Donnie love Donnie. Uh, Donnie's the bike. Yeah. Um, it's just, I don't know, something about the air that they have with each other. I, I don't know if I can really put it to words, but just it felt real. It felt raw, I guess is the right way I'm trying to say it. It felt raw. It didn't feel like they were given a script. It just felt like two friends talking to each other. Yeah, I think that's why, like when I say that it's super character driven, like I think what you're saying backs that up because the, like they these just feel like people. Like they feel like, yeah, these two have been friends for forever and we're just with them for a day of their lives. And yeah, they're, it definitely doesn't feel like they're, they're acting. It's a pretty serious issue that they're going through. And I don't think it's anything that's like too far from the world today. Um, We see it stem from like their childhood experiences, right? Because, like, with Kevin, it's the Dr. Brenner, I think is his name. Yeah. Um, which they just totally stole from Stranger Things. We'll I thought the same thing, yeah. too. We'll act like that didn't happen. And then with um, Val, it's his dad. And so, really, at the end of the day, like, they can only lean on each other. I thought that was really good um, and well portrayed. I want. I don't know we got some glimpses of Kevin's childhood, like with the flashbacks to Dr. Brenner and him. This movie's only an hour and 27 minutes. Do you feel like they could have added more backstory or do you appreciate just the day in the life kind of snapshot? I appreciate it. Like I would say maybe one of my, my qualms with the movies that the plot is just all over the place. Like, Mm -hmm it's they're just doing random things but then at the same time i also get it because if you if this is your last day like you probably are going to do random things so no if it would have went on longer i do have one thing about the ending that i think they could have added but we can talk about that later um so no i i appreciate any movie that's an hour and a half and it's tight and does everything it needs to did you think it should have been longer 
No, I thought it was perfect, honestly. Um, yeah. And I think we can maybe get to the end here soon. I feel like our review doesn't need to be as long as the film. It should never <laughs> be like that. <laughs> um, I loved it, though. I thought the balance was great. Um, I don't know how much of a hand Gerard Carmichael had in the script development. Um but it just, I don't know. It didn't feel like I was watching a movie. It felt like I was watching almost like, it sounds kind of bleak, but like a documentary into just two guys' lives in the world today. Because we know suicide is such a huge issue. Um, and just the stigmas around it and mental health. And I think it's getting better. But I mean, this movie definitely points to a lot of the flaws of what can happen when it's left untreated. Yeah. I thought that they did a good job too with like the subject matter, like because you are they are joking about it. Um, but I thought they did a really good job again. This is with the characters of showing like that when you are suicidal, there's not one reason why or run one reason why you get there. Like we see um Kevin, his approach to it is like super different. Like this, this is something that he's been dealing with for a while and you can tell that there's like there's something going on in his brain that is like causing it and then right. we see Val where it doesn't seem like his is like as medical and his is more like I don't know he's just tired like he's just done um so those two like they're not they're not doing it the same way or for the same reasons and I thought that that was that was very uh like authentic and i think that's kind of the purpose too to show just how it can man of how suicide itself can manifest from two very different things because it does feel like there's a like a chemical imbalance within kevin from a young age because foster family um even when he's talking to dr brenner when he's trying to shoot him like Dr. Brennan says like, Hey, you're disgruntled right now. You're not in your right state of mind, um, which very well just might be like a plea for forgiveness, but there could be some truth behind that. And I think there probably is. Um, Val's is very like based on experience and like situational and his dad left him the abuse and things like that. But it just shows that no matter what led up to it, the end outcome isn't different there's a life gone and like you need to get in front of it in order to prevent things like that yeah yeah all right it feels like we're we're getting towards the ending what what did you think of our our climax i liked it a lot um we it's i will say i wish kevin wasn't so belligerent drunk at the end yeah because you leave you're in the balance like did he only do that because of his intoxication level or was this just the point that it got to um because there there it it lends to like some heartfelt moments he's always talking about val's skin color and like yeah. how like being black in in America is always a challenge growing up and things like that. And like he touches on that like two minutes before he shoots himself. Um, 
it would have been interesting to see had he not had been so drunk and belligerent would he have still done that that gets into another argument about the dangers of alcoholism but I don't know I there was heart there but I think they could have done more with the heartfelt message in that moment I don't this sounds very cynical I'm glad one of them died I I get what you're saying I get what I get what you mean there's stakes here right it would have been too like obvious if they both it wouldn't have make it out and we've been talking about how real it all feels like it wouldn't have felt real if by the end and i felt like maybe they kind of lost some of that realism by the end when there's just like 50 cop cars up on a ridge and a helicopter in a small town like i don't know how much that that's not a huge deal but no i think you're right in saying like this this made it feel more real with what happens right and uh, i don't know how to word it um it's with kevin do you do you wish it was the other way around or because i feel like kevin is kind of the character that you're supposed to like maybe have more of an emotional investment in because he does show like more range like as a sort of irate character but then also some heart and then like compassion with his friend like did you feel something there would would it have been different if it was Val vice versa I mean I I mean obviously I feel something um it's it's weird because like you obviously want to say you don't want someone to kill themselves obviously but at the same time you watch everything that happens throughout the movie and i feel like i understand it if that makes Mm -hmm. sense i understand why he makes the decision that he makes um like probably one of my favorite shots is when he turns around and it's amazing because like it's cold and he takes a giant breath and you literally see like his breath come out like he, it kind of seems like he does have a moment of clarity and then he's like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. So yeah, that's how I feel. Was your main qualm about the end, just the way that it was like visually presented there, small town, high stakes chase. Is that the qualm you were referring to? No, no. I, I like, I think the chase is, is good. I wrote down that the soundtrack during it is awesome because it's like, the sounds like all throughout synth pop stuff going on to where it is like it's not a horror movie soundtrack it's like it is like light kind of which is interesting my qualm is i wish that we get we get val in the end i've needed some like more closure with kevin i guess i felt like i wish that they would have had something where where val is like I don't know, thinking of Kevin while he's holding his kid or something like that. I just, we get the ultimate closure, obviously, but I just, I don't know. And maybe that's my feelings of, I didn't really want Kevin to go away. Like I I wanted him to be there in the final scene. So I don't know. That just, uh, I just wanted that. I think that's part of the message though. With suicide, there is no closure. Yeah. That's yeah. That's good. So you're always wondering what if. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's because I I didn't feel like that. I feel like 
because it felt so raw like i what you were saying almost it seems kind of theatrical like yeah val flashback or flash forward to seeing kevin with his kid like that feels theatrical i feel like this is more of a commentary than it is a theatrical film if that makes sense no totally totally yeah and like we do get in the end like not everything is great like he's in prison he's in jail um yeah so i don't know i I think that that is just me personally like i want to see kevin some more i want i want kevin to have a a prequel movie because i liked his character so much he was awesome yeah um Uh, how about that closing shot though the the, the dolly out is just forever it was awesome dude i got goosebumps i think every movie should end one of two ways actually three ways one is it just something happens and it cuts to black and it's we're just done i like that two what we saw there it just pulls out slowly we just leave them they're gone or three the character just like walks out of the screen they're just like the camera stays still and our our character just leaves the frame like in the wrestler when he jumps out of the frame that that's sick that was cool yeah yeah that end dude i got goosebumps it's i view it more as a commentary than a film and i think it's made incredibly well with the just like the film techniques and everything like that stands out yeah but i've been focusing just more on like the commentary because like i feel this is a story like people have lived this like i'm sure like i'm sure there's there are people out there that have witnessed things of that nature maybe not to the magnitude of the high-speed car chase or the method in which the suicide was committed but like we all know somebody who's gone through something and some of us have seen it firsthand and we all we all feel the grief with it and things like that and so it just felt so real and I really appreciated that um I was thinking yesterday after it finished like one thing I would have liked it to have changed with the film is like how fast Val goes from wanting to kill himself to not yeah but then I'm as I'm saying all this right now I think it's good that he was so quick to change his mind because i think that also shows just like this is cheesy but like the promise of life and how like one good thing can change your whole perspective because like when he was the kid like his mindset totally shifts right and like sometimes that's all it takes is one good thing to quite literally save a life and i think that might be part of the message there yeah when i was thinking yesterday like oh i would have liked to see more development with him rambling on with uh what's the actress name again why am i blanking it his girlfriend yeah oh gosh what's her name tiffany haddish yeah tiffany yeah. wow that's bad bantering with tiffany haddish going to her work things like that stabbing himself so he has to be her one of her patients or something like that <laughs> like but that's all theatrical right that's not life right. I feel like this movie isn't a theatrical performance it's a commentary so i really really appreciate this movie yeah i can't think of anything better to end our review than that right there yeah i was gonna say like this isn't gonna be a longer review it shouldn't be we we should not be approaching the hour 20 mark with this one maybe we are i don't even know how long we've been going but 
Give me your score. Give me your score. Um, I give it an 86. 86. Really liked it. Thought it was made well. Um, yeah. 86. 86. I gave it a 96. 96. Yeah. Nice. And I highlighted it green on my sheet. You know what that means. TTF knows what that means. Top tier. Top tier movie for me. Um, soundtrack's great. Papa Roach, Last Resort. Kind of cliche suicide song, but they poke fun at that. Um, okay. This was kind of funny for me because, like, I, did you listen to Papa Roach, Last Resort in middle school? Bro, it was on, I think it was on one of the Tony Hawks. Okay. Maybe so, that's yes. where I specifically remember, like, walking home listening to Last Resort and uh, definitely not picking up. <laughs> Definitely not picking up the themes that were present in there. Um, but just like, man, this is an awesome song. And the album cover is kind of gross because there's a cockroach yeah. on it. But like this song is sick. And then it just hit like I haven't listened to that song forever. And then it popped up and I was like, oh, that song is pretty dark. Yeah. You're listening to it as you go home to your upper middle class home with your supportive father and mother there with a yep. nice home cooked meal for you. Yeah, my dog practice, no, your dog. Clean bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no idea what the lyrics mean. <laughs> yeah. Not paying attention to them at all. Yeah. It's a it's a vibey song. Um, Drops of Jupiter is also on there. Love that song. Mm-hmm. Reminds me yeah. of my mother. Shout out Meredith. <laughs> uh, she loves that song. So when I when I heard that, I thought of my mom. Um, 96, man. Yeah. 96. Great movie. I had it at a 97 right after I finished as I was still having goosebumps. I was like, well, yeah. dial it back a little bit. Whoa, whoa. That's a Kiru range right there. <laughs> it's not quite a Kiru, um, but it's up there. It's a 96. Yeah. And I know I'm a little high on the rating there, but that's okay. Oh, man. It's a good pick. And it was it was definitely a, a hidden gem. Props for picking the, a hidden gem. That's not, not always easy to do. No. Um, I was going to ask you, what is our hidden gem for next week? Do you want to connect this film to your teacher life or are you ready to share your gem with us? We could go gem. Yeah, I feel like the, the connection to our teacher lives is like, this is real. We deal with this. Right. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's kind of, we don't need to state it. Yeah. yeah. It's implicit. Yeah. Um, what's the gem for next week? Okay. This is a very hidden gem. Tell, tell me if you've heard of this uh, movie okay. before. Okay. Um, uh, uh, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> the, the Fellowship of the Ring. The, the first, first one? The first Lord of the Rings movie. Where can I find this? You can find this either on Prime Video or HBO Max. And how long is this? Okay, yes. Yeah, so it's, it's a bit longer. It's a bit longer. It's the 180 minutes. So like right around eight, three hours. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, TTF take the weekend, watch it in installments. This guy always is doing this to us. Um, It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. I, I, okay. I have reasons. Okay. Are are you at all interested in the new Lord of the Rings uh, TV show that's coming out? You know, no. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. But, um, you know what I've been needing because I've only watched these once and it was like when I was super super young and like wasn't really paying attention so I need to revisit these and 
it'll give me an excuse to watch the others and then maybe watch the show. So you're giving me the push I need here. I appreciate it. Okay, that's that's literally why I picked it. I picked it for myself because for like three or four years, I've been like, I really need to like rewatch Lord of the Rings again. Like I need to watch all three of them and go through them because I, I know they're great. But yeah, the last time I watched them was probably in high school. And then I remember watching all the Hobbits, which stink. Um, so yeah, I, this is me pushing myself. I'm glad that you said that as well because I, I needed to push. And if we say we're going to do it on the podcast, then I I have to do it. Yeah, we we speak it into existence. So we we got to exactly. do exactly. Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings. What year did this come out? Do you know? 2001 we were in first grade going to see this in theaters yeah see i wasn't paying any attention (laughs) (laughs) yeah not a chance um i just know my precious that's literally all i know and okay uh, i've also heard that there's like i think on hbo max there's like the director's extended version how long is that I don't know. It's probably like four hours. I'm not doing that one. I I want to do that one, but it's almost like I need to watch just the theatrical version and then watch the director's version to see what they what's different. But that's seven hours of my life that I probably don't have the time for during the week. No, I definitely do not. Um, I know TTF Nation does not. Are, are you upset with the pick? You, you don't seem. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you asking. Um, you know, in this moment, I'm I'm even keel about it. I'm you know, you picked Mad Max last week. Um, yeah. Two hour good movie. Pick. Good. Yeah, I know. I'm just talking quality here. Um, I'm harping on Mad Max and um, good movie. I'm I'm wanting a I'm wanting a gem from you, a hidden gem from you at some point. You know, you're, I, you're giving us you're giving us diamonds, but they're you know they're they're popular diamonds. I, I want a I want a gem. That's your homework. I want I want a hidden gem, diamond right. in the rough that can't right. be crowned. I'm the underground king that can't be crowned. <laughs> Shout out Fifty Cent. I'll give you a gem. I honestly wanted to come back at you with a hidden gem since you found a hidden gem. Like I wanted to keep it rolling, but it, it just did not happen. Just did not happen. Well, keep it in your bank. Um, yep. Save it. And we'll get there. Hey, we, we do this every week. We'll be exactly. back. <laughs> and TTF Nation, all 1 million of them will be back. TTF Nation, give me, give me a hidden gem. Give me a, an unknown, not that well aware hidden gem. And I appreciate, I appreciate the, the suggestions. I like those. Yeah. Slide in his DMs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. You can slide into those DMs on TikTok at Teachers Talk Film. You can slide into those Twitter DMs at Teacher Film Talk. You can just, uh, you know, tag us in a post like a normal human being would. Um, Shout out Genevieve. She was um, saying that she's a Kyle and she's a proud Kyle for watching Mad Max. And so I wanted to uh, I wanted and I'm going to start doing this now, because if you TTF listeners who don't know, 
Steezy Main runs the the Twitter account. None of these, <laughs> none of that? these, none of these opinions <laughs> and thoughts are are my own. But I I think I'm gonna start getting on there and like maybe signing the tweets as Pete so that people know like this is this is me because I wanted to extend my hand and say I'm a Kyle as well. I'm a mega Kyle because I freaking rated this movie in the 90s well dog you should have responded to her i might i might just do it right now that she's was just in there lingering on a favorite right now yeah yeah shout out genevieve um true loyal fan of the pod been there since yeah. day one um there's a there's a there's a lot of day ones out there um thousands thousands yeah. hundreds of thousands it's insane <laughs> it's insane <laughs> if you want a shout out on the pod just just hit us up. It, it's not a hard task. Um, it's really not. It's yeah. really not hard at all. It's it's not hard to get us to talk about you for four minutes on a podcast. Because it's kind of weird that we, like I said, we have hundreds of thousands of day oneers. Obviously, more millions of listeners, but they're not a vocal bunch. They're not super active <laughs> on Twitter, commenting on our things, retweeting them. So we we've got a we've got a, a loyal fan base, but yeah, they're they're pretty quiet. Yeah, so they need to step out of their comfort zone just as we did to make this podcast. Um, hit us up. Hit us up. Until next time, Mr. X-Ray, do you have anything for the people? No. I, I apologize in advance for picking a three-hour movie, but it's Lord of the Rings, man. It's Lord of the Rings. We'll see. We'll see. We have Monday off, so that's you got oh, that going for you. I didn't even come on. We got Labor enough. Day, baby. Labor Day. Watch watch all three Lord of the Rings. I got that work. Bleep pay Labor Day. Shout out schoolboy Q. <laughs> I have shout a rap out, for shout out Kobe. Shout out Barry Bond. Shout out anybody Larry else David. we talk about on this. We didn't shout out. We didn't talk about Larry David. Shout out Larry David. This podcast should be devoted to Larry David. It really should. All right, those were my final thoughts. All righty. Uh, until next time, TTF Nation and Larry David, do your homework, stay up to date on things, and peace out. Peace out. Peace out.